Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AG Chase Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. I really enjoyed that conversation with my friend Steve Azar. What a passionate man on so many fronts. Great golfer, great artist, great songwriter. You know, the music and cultural ambassador for the state of Mississippi and now has a song that could become the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the state song for Mississippi. I'm so happy for Steve. And uh, let's just hope it continues to progress the way that, that we hope it will. Uh, now I want to I shift gears and move over to my friend Paul uh, Guichet, who is the chief operating officer and executive director for the Gulf Coast Community Foundation. Paul, how are you doing, buddy? You. I'm doing really good. Doing really good. Hey, Paul, I want to I want to share a couple of uh, quick quotes, and uh, you know you can share your observations about these if you want to. But I think it connects well to what uh, the Community Foundation is all about. The first one was actually <clears throat> posted in social media by my cousin, and uh, it says, "Dreams don't work unless you do. Dreams don't work unless you do." I I, <clears throat> I talk a lot about you know setting goals. And focusing on dreams here on this show, that I think that the key to, to achieving your goals is you got to have dogged determination. And early on, early on in, in coastal Mississippi's history, some over 30 years ago, actually, some of our far, far forefathers had the had the vision to create this dream that that we call the Gulf Coast Community Foundation. And uh, over a bunch of years, Katrina, as you and I discussed during the break, had a an opportunity to put steroids on it. But the dream became a reality, and it took a lot of hard work by a lot of people, didn't it? It did, and uh, I think your quote uh, really is kind of the genesis of the foundation in that it, it epitomizes what the foundation is all about, uh, you know, putting dreams, create, you know, having those dreams, but bringing it to reality to help people uh, in South Mississippi, uh, you know, essentially improve uh, the quality of life in, in the lower six counties. I had the opportunity to work for the Sun-Herald, and of course, by now, most of the listeners know this, but Roland Weeks was my mentor, and uh, he was the president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and I had the, the real honor of succeeding him as the president and publisher back in 2001. But prior to me becoming publisher, man, he spent a lot of energy on on helping me understand the connection between the newspaper and the community and that publishers wear three hats, a fiduciary responsibility for financial success of the, of the organization. You are obviously a publisher with the First Amendment obligation and what that entails. And then thirdly, you're a community leader. And, and the, the community leader part was really important because the more involved you were in the community, the more you could make sure that the, the voice of the newspaper sort of reflected the community. He really believed that. And he talked to me often and about how important that was. And it led to me being extremely active in the community over a bunch of years. But I can never forget these early conversations that I had with him as the community foundation was being developed, why it was important for it not just to be a small player in our community, that it really needed to have significant funds in order to make a difference. And uh, it's not something you just launch and decide, hey, we're going to do this. It takes years and years of really, I would say, toiling in the trenches to make a community foundation something that can really give back to the community in very significant ways. And, you know, how would you reflect on that history and where you are today? Great question, Ricky. Uh, yeah, in reflecting uh, 
on your comments. Uh, as you know, the foundation started back in 1989 with Roland and, and, and Roger Wilder and, and others that really started out more of uh, uh, as an effort to focus on education. And as the founders of the foundation, you know, got into you know, researching and what it would take to establish the foundation, they realized that there were greater needs on the coast uh, in addition to education. And so over the last 33 years, you know, the foundation has evolved to where uh, it really tries to or attempts to address the needs that are out there across the, uh, the lower six counties, whether it's education, mental health, Obviously, disaster recovery is a big, uh, important part, as you know, referring back to Katrina. But uh, the, the foundation has evolved over the years to where it really attempts to try to not be everything to everybody, but try to do the best it can with resources it has available. And I think to your point, part of that evolution process is, is engaging with, as you mentioned, other community leaders throughout the, throughout the area to establish those points of contact and really just communicate with those individuals and thereby you get a good pulse of what the needs are in, in the Mississippi Gulf Coast community. What what uh, you know there's so many great examples and we won't go through all of this because I want to I want to we're going to take a step back here in just a second and I want to uh, let people know a little bit more about your background but it has created uh, a mechanism for people who don't aren't part of a of a of, of a nonprofit currently if they want to raise money or do something and do it do it properly the, the the foundation is a great place to be able to sort of plant their money or create a uh, you know mechanism for making sure that the financial side of raising money in, in a nonprofit sort of way is done. And we'll come back to that here in just a second. Okay. So there's so many different ways that the foundation is, uh, is, is, is you know, practiced, does its work here in coastal Mississippi. But Paul, let's come back to you for a second. Um, you actually were on the board for like 18 years. Is that correct? Yes. Uh-huh. You have a bank banking background. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, okay, I've uh, been a resident of the coast for uh, 33 years and uh, originally from Louisiana, grew up in New Orleans, went to school at Tulane and uh, went into the Air Force, have a little bit of something in common with Roland, a passion of flying, and uh, was in the reserves for about 13 years and uh, uh, migrated to, actually what brought me to the coast was uh, I accepted a banking position at a bank that was formerly known as Hibernia, downtown in New Orleans. And I uh, was commuting back and forth, which uh, was, uh, it, it would take a wear and tear on you to say that, that commute every day to New Orleans. But uh, had an opportunity to uh, uh, get uh, a position uh, with a local bank, uh, formerly known as Hancock Bank, and spent almost 20 years there. And, and uh, had a wonderful career there. Uh, did a little bit of everything, investor relations, corporate governance, investment banking, mergers, acquisitions, and then uh, uh, once the Hancock-Whitney deal uh, was consummated, uh, I migrated to a People's Bank in Biloxi and spent about eight years with them. And then uh, when this position came available at the foundation, uh, I reached out to Roger and we started talking and next thing you know, here I am. So. All told, I've spent about 39 years in banking mm -hmm. and financial services, and uh, I've been here at the foundation about 20 months, 
And I will tell you, it's 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 really been an interesting transition going from a former board member, past chair of the board, to being an employee. And I, ha I will tell you, I have a much greater respect for the staff and what they do, because when you go into a board meeting, you have your board packet of information mm. and uh, you, know, you conduct your business. But now when you're on the other side of the fence, you realize what it takes to you know run the foundation and what the staff actually do day in and day out and i will tell you the the folks here do just a magnificent job i know that that has to be a very eye-opening experience but having that experience on the board and of course your banking background and your multitude of other responsibilities you've had throughout your career i think probably position you incredibly well to be the chief operating officer and executive director for the for the community foundation um we're getting near the end of this uh, this segment but before we you know before we get there uh, and we'll pick it up on the other side. It, what's if you were just so, you know, in the elevator with someone and they ask you, well, so what's the state of affairs these days for the Gulf Coast Community Foundation? How would you answer that? I would say the state of affairs for the foundation is very bright in that uh, we are continuing to see good growth. Uh, the foundation now has assets of approximately 37 million, and we continue to attract donors uh, to the foundation to help us grow and meet the needs of those donors and you know what they're wanting to do as far as improve the quality of life in South Mississippi. I think there and again there's some there's there's donor advised funds there are, there are leeway that the foundation is given when certain certain donations are made there's a there's a lot of different ways the foundation does its work and we'll get into some of those details on the other end. But you know, you heard my reference to Katrina. Katrina was a defining moment, though, for the foundation, wasn't it? It was. Uh, as you mentioned, it exponentially uh, increased the size and scope of our work. Uh, one of those, as an example, uh, the foundation received a community development block grant of over $15 million to help put, uh, originally it was uh 77 homes to repair you know replace what have you and we actually end up uh, doing 88 homes and of that 15.5 million we actually returned 1.5 million back uh, to the state of mississippi so that that's that's incredible and that's just one example as you pointed out there are many other examples we're talking to paul guichet who is the chief operating officer and executive director for the gulf coast community foundation when we come out on the other end, we'll talk about the various mechanisms of the foundation and kind of how it works so you can have a better understanding of that. We'll see you after this break. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. For the Facebook and YouTube audience, you see sort of the lead-in photo uh, with photographer um, the, the best photographer in the world, Kyle Curley, <laughs> he captures that amazing. I guess it's a sunrise, huh, Kyle? 
that what that is? Yeah, he's shaking his head. Yeah, yeah the yeah. sunrise when he went fishing. Yeah, Moss <laughs> at, uh, Moses Pier, so beautiful, so beautiful. But, you know, you think about the Gulf Coast Community Foundation, and my point, my regular point here about the thousand points of light that, that President Bush referred to, that it takes – it takes so many people and organizations working together to fill the gaps in the community. So you have United Way and all these volunteer organizations, and and you have uh, groups that feed the homeless and work work principally focused on the homeless. And all of these organizations, uh, the Battered Women's Center, and all these incredible organizations that come together. And the Gulf Coast Community Foundation is part of that sort of thousand points of light. You have to have, in order to have a viable, uh, you know, I would say performing community at the community uh, development level, you really have to have a Gulf Coast, you have to have a community foundation. And in our case, it's the Gulf Coast Community Foundation. And I've got Paul Guichet with me today, the Chief Operating Officer and the Executive Director for the, the Gulf Coast Community Foundation. Uh, so, Paul, tell me, you know, inside, if you were to look inside, if you were going to a board, to a board meeting, you look at the board packet. There are lots of different kinds of funds. Give people an idea of how some of that is structured. Sure, I'd be happy to, Ricky. Um, we have a little over, actually, hundred, just uh, over 120 funds here at the foundation, and those funds break down to. And you alluded to this uh, in the prior segment. You know, you have donor advised funds where the donor will make a. Uh, set up a fund and they will you know provide some some uh, advice or some information of how they would like those funds to be spent or uh, you have you know pass-through funds endowments where a donor will you know create uh, you know a fund an endowment fund where essentially it's in perpetuity where whatever the amount is uh, that's invested and then that what we call a spendable, the interest that's earned off of that principal is then, uh, you know, used towards the, uh, the, uh, the, the wishes of the, of the donor, whether it be, you know, animal welfare, it could be education, uh, art, history, preservation, so, you know, social, mental health, you name it, uh, whatever the donor's specific, uh, uh, requests are is what we would adhere to. And, uh, the funds are, are managed uh, with a, a third party investment advisor. We have an investment committee that oversees that uh, investment. And uh, the foundation has a very conservative approach uh, as a steward of those, uh, of those funds and has done, uh, done well over, over the last 20 years, uh, uh, actually 33 years, but uh, they've done very well. And so those donors will know when we sit down with them they'll know that you know we're very prudent with with the with their their funds that they set up and they'll they're very pleased uh, in the results that uh, we're able to do and make a change uh, and improve the quality of life uh, in south mississippi so let me get let me give you an example for people who, who are wondering how this might apply to you let's say um you're doing some estate planning and as part of your sort of you know, the, the understanding the tax implications and all these things, there's an opportunity in your estate planning to set aside a sum of money that could be used, that could be dedicated to a university or a nonprofit, or maybe you want to create some scholarship um, for, for kids. 
you can obviously can def- decide that in this case we that's what we refer to as a donor advised fund but upon you know your passing your your the money would then go into the go into the foundation they would manage whatever that sum of money is and they would uh, they would follow through administering what your wishes are as it relates to that 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 um that scholarship and um it's just a, it's just you, without without a fund like this it's hard for that scenario that I just talked about to play out in sort of an orderly way, isn't it? It is. It truly is. And you really you know, encapsulated you know, the, the role of the foundation uh, perfectly. And, and listen to your comments. I think one of the biggest challenges we have, Ricky, is really like, this, like doing this, this show, is the opportunity to get uh, awareness out in the community of what the foundation is. is. We're here you know over three decades but more importantly what we do and so i think one of the biggest challenges we have is the communication aspect we've been in the background you know doing our work and not that we want to beat our chest and toot our horn but we just need to we need to do a better job in 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 creating that awareness in in the community that we're here both to help those uh in need but also as you mentioned uh uh to, to, to uh, attract, you know, donors that, you know, state planning uh, is a huge, uh, important piece of our work and working with those uh, uh, centers of influence, you know, the tax attorneys and the state planners and so forth to help folks that may be in a taxable situation uh, that we could help them, uh, not only with their taxes uh, situation, but also they can have a lasting impact on the, on the community. With their, they with they sure can, and if people want to raise money for a certain cause, it's hard to form a 5013C or 501 whatever. Mm-hmm. And you've got the community foundation there that can advise you and sort of be a, a landing spot for that money that could be dedicated to some kind of fundraising effort. But Paul, we're coming to the end of our time together. But let's do a, let's make a pact that w- with one another that we'll check in regularly to give a f- sense of what's happening there, so we can keep the Gulf Coast Community Foundation in the forefront of people's minds. Absolutely. Look forward to it. And again, appreciate the opportunity to be with you this morning. You're very welcome. This has been Paul Guichet, the Chief Operating Officer and Executive Director for the Gulf Coast Community Foundation. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Ricky. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.